Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. I'm your host, Petty Eminger. You may know me as Petty Pop Culture from TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat wherever you would like in the class. You are so welcome. If it's not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. This university is where you learn what is going on in pop culture and see what you can learn from it to take away from your own life. It is a university of fine arts where we talk about some fine artists like Zayn Malik. It is a STEM university as well. We support women in STEM here. You can get that bachelor's in bio at this university. It's also a college of business where we talk about stuff that maybe is not our business and talk about some risky business. All in all, still sounds like business to me. So make sure you listen to this podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Did I say Tuesday and Friday? Make sure you follow it on Spotify rate it five star on apple podcast and spotify today the tea is overflowing boiling so i think we should just get right into it we're going to talk about some topics including the weekend leaving his concert halfway through and not finishing the show leaving everyone gooped and gagged we're going to talk about all the drama behind harry styles new film don't worry darling and if all the drama led to good reviews now that it's finally out or bad reviews We're going to talk about Tiffany Haddish getting accused of grooming a child. And we're going to talk about who Leonardo DiCaprio is apparently dating now and why Timothy Chalamet said that it is hard to be alive right now. Yeah, there's a lot of tea going on. So before we get into it, make sure you screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it on your Instagram story. Tag me. Let all your friends know what amazing podcast this is. Don't gatekeep it. We don't gaslight gatekeep girl boss here. I'm so sorry. But without further ado, let's get into Pop Culture University. Class, take your seats. Class is in session. She's a million dollar baby. Nobody can explain it. She's a miracle. She's a I don't know about you guys, how you spent your summer, but I have not gone to the beach one time this summer. The beach has been sitting there whole time. It hasn't moved. I just haven't gone. I'm finally in about the best shape of my life. And for the first summer ever, I'm down to go to the beach. I just haven't gone. Anytime I get brought up with my friends, sure, I'd love to go. Sounds like the best fucking day. I'll pack the Trulies. I just never made the effort to actually get up and go. And now it's September gotten shape for nothing anyway have you guys ever had a school speech or a spanish speaking that went so bad you just wanted to run out of the classroom halfway through and just end it i know i have that's kind of what the weekend did this week and 
that is because he had to cancel his concert mid-show because he lost his voice while trying to hit a high note. Doesn't that just sound like a horror story? If I was a celebrity, that sounds like worst case scenario. That it sounds so panic-inducing. So halfway through, I can't feel my face. He tried to pull off some high note being this Ariana. He tried to hit an Ariana Grande note, apparently. And he lost his voice. He said he did something to his voice while he was hitting the note. And he felt that his vocal cords were bothered. He lost his voice. He could not continue. So here's a video of him kind of breaking it to the crowd that while hitting a note, he lost his voice, can't continue. I don't know what just happened when I screamed, but I just lost my voice. This is killing me. I don't want to stop the show. Then I can't give you the concert that I want to give you right now. I'm going to make sure everybody's good, get your money back, but I'll, also, I'll do a show real soon for you guys. But I wanted to come out and personally apologize and not tweet it or Instagram it or whatever. I want you guys to know that I can't give you what I want to give you right now. I apologize. I'm so sorry. I love you guys so much. You know how much this kills me right now, I'm sorry. I love you. Thank you so much. That was in front of a stadium crowd, too. Imagine having to give that speech in front of a stadium concert. That poor man. That's like going soft on someone in bed and telling them that you can't do this right now. And having to break that to them. <laughs> but in front of 80,000 people, that takes balls to have to cancel the show. And what a quick sp split decision he had to make. The panic of hitting the note and then not being realizing you can't sing anymore. He made such a quick decision to just call it off and let all those people down. He did say that they would get their money back and everything. But still... Imagine how many people he potentially had to disappoint. Everyone who works on his tour, everyone who set it up, the crew, the 80,000 fans who waited and waited. I know when I get excited for a concert, like right now I'm seeing Lil Nas X in like a week. I'm so excited. And if he canceled while I was there, I'd be so upset. He took to Instagram after the show and said in a post, quotes, my voice went out during the first song and I'm devastated. Felt it go and my heart dropped. My deepest apologies to my fans here. I promise I'll make it up to you with a new date. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Maybe he tried to girl boss too close to the sun and tried to hit some amazing note that he just couldn't. I know Ariana Grande, she's like the queen of keeping her voice healthy, especially on tour, because, you know, she doesn't want to lose the key like Mariah Carey one day. So she's very on top of her voice game. When she was a judge on The Voice, she gave all her contestants a lunchbox full of vitamins and drinks and teas and remedies to keep their vocal cords at the absolute healthiest and ariana said she found out a way 
or kind of mastered a way of singing a song and hitting high notes and belting almost while not belting at the same time. She just knows how to make that belting sound with her voice without having to raise her volume or scream, if you will. So maybe The weekend could take some notes from his longtime collaborator, Ariana Grande. Um, and yeah, I feel really bad for him. I never knew The weekend spelled his name without the E until like last year. Without this, the third E, I thought it was fully The weekend. Like he spelled it all out. How did that go beyond over my head for what, seven or eight years? When I found that out, I was like, Mandela effect, ring the alarm. There's a new Mandela effect, but everyone was like, no, it's been like that the whole time, Patty. I can't, I must be dyslexic. I can't believe it that I didn't even know he spelled it with an E. Poor guy. Poor me too. Anyway, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I'm really proud of him for making that decision and putting himself first like that. That takes a lot of guts. And I think he did the right thing because it's either that or lip sync in front of everyone and give them a bad show or hit horrible notes the rest of the time and give them a bad show. And that wouldn't be good for anyone. People in the crowd wouldn't like that. He would not feel good up on the stage. So even though he had to disappoint a lot of people, he had to put himself first in that moment. And I think he's so strong for that. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that canceling on people sucks, but you have to put yourself first. That can apply to the weekend in this situation and to us in our real lives. No matter who you disappoint, it's okay to be selfish if you just feel like you can't do it. He canceled because he didn't feel his best and now he can take time to heal and come back and be his best. So if you have friends who are excited to see you in your life or family who's excited to see you, but mentally, emotionally, or physically, you aren't up to it, that's totally okay. Don't let anyone make you feel bad for canceling plans. No one should make you feel bad. If you don't feel your best, you can take time to rest and recharge and come back to the plans next time and be better for everyone including yourself. So the moral of the story here is don't feel bad about canceling on people. It's not the end of the world. They're not going to hate you. You need to put yourself first. But at the same time, don't make too much of a habit of canceling plans because that is also the worst. Let's talk about the Emmys now. They're heating up for next week. I've never been a huge watcher of the Emmys. I would always just kind of see who won online. But these days I've been getting more into it. I'd be rooting for people every year. Like when Zendaya was up for it, I was biting my nails and she finally won and she looked so gorgeous. And everyone in that room, because it was like during COVID, like dogpiled on her, gave her that statue. It was such a moment. So I kind of love the Emmys now. And this one could be fun to watch because Kanye West and Pete Davidson could have a run-in with each other. It could be David versus Goliath up in that Grammys, bitch. Up in that Emmys, bitch, I mean. So Kanye is nominated for Genius, a Kanye trilogy that was on Netflix. And Pete is nominated for SNL, which he's kind of just like a side hoe on SNL. He's not the main course meal on that show. But people think he might go and he should go because it's his last season there. And if they win, he can give a cute little goodbye speech and Kanye clearly still has it out for him. If Pete dares to leave that trauma unit that night, Kanye's going to want to put him right back in there. He wants to keep Pete in that trauma unit. He's going to inflict some more trauma on him. We'll get a Will and Chris moment 2.0 if they show up together. So 
people could get ready to rumble that night and the Emmys could be a better television program than all the television programs nominated. Adele already won an Emmy this year. It's her first Emmy. So she's really close to an EGOT. She has an E-G-O. She has an ego. We know Adele has a big ass ego with her beautiful voice and snatched body and face card that never declines. Her ego is already big enough but now she's officially an ego winner. Is she going to like do something on tone on a uh, Broadway to win a Tony now? I always wonder how that works. How do people even become an EGOT winner if they have no business doing anything on Broadway? Tony's have to do with Broadway, right? Is Adele going to go beat up Leah Michelle to be Fanny Bryce and funny girl to win her Tony? What's going to happen? Is she going to Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, Leah Michelle? I just don't see Adele winning a Tony. Maybe she will one day. Maybe she will. Anyway, when she won her Emmy, she posted, Bloody hell, I'm pleased as punch. Thank you for dropping this round to me this afternoon. Trust me to officially have an ego. That's what I would say if I won an Emmy too. Bloody hell, I'm pleased as punch. (laughs) What goes through British people's minds when they speak? The fact that she formed that sentence and thought that with excitement. If I won an Emmy, I'd be like, yay, I won an Emmy. I wouldn't think bloody hell I'm pleased as punch. What do they teach them at school? What is the slang over there? Bloody hell doesn't sound pleasant to me. I don't understand British people. British people move and talk like they have something up their ass. Because they're kind of bitchy. But kind of like they want that thing up their ass. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made any sense. But anyway, Lizzo is also an Emmy winner. She won an Emmy this week for her show. Wait, what what is her show called again? Oh, oh, oh. Let's hear it for the big girls. I watched that show. It was so fucking good. If you don't know, Lizzo did a reality competition show where she was trying to find plus-sized dancers to be her backup dancers for her upcoming shows and upcoming tour. And I really loved the show. It was really inspiring and such a cool concept because... Lizzo seemed to really need a reality competition show because she said there's no plus size dancers or a very limited amount and I need some more. So if they're not going to come to my casting calls in LA, I'm going to go find them myself and I'm going to go put out this call across America to tell any big girl dancer that they can make it on my show. And the show was really empowering and inspirational. There were episodes about self-love there were episodes about taking hate on the internet because as a plus-size person and woman and woman of color you're gonna get that kind of hate and it's about overcoming past demons and becoming confident enough in yourself to be like Lizzo on stage and it wasn't just about dancing but at the same time it was really about dancing so it was really entertaining I think it was the best dancing competition show I've ever seen in my life And I'm like pretty loyal to Dancing with the Stars. I love that show. But Lizzo really killed it with this one. And she was such a great host. She was so... She had that bad bitch host um, aura, like Tyra. But she was also really down to earth and had so much wisdom to share with these contestants. And I grew up fat, so (laughs) it really hit home for me. And yeah, I think... Anyone who has ever felt the struggles of being plus-sized at any point in their life 
will love this show and you should watch it. Um, and Lizzo's nominated for eight more. So she's going to go to the Emmys when they premiere on the 12th. They gave out the creative Emmys. So Lizzo won for directing for a reality program. That's what her show won for. Adele won for the production on Adele One Night Only. So kind of just the behind the scenes creative parts and the production of the shows. But yeah, big bitches winning. Big bitches winning. As Lizzo said at the VMAs, love her for that. So happy she's winning. So what can we learn from this? I think from Lizzo's whole success story because Lizzo really is one of the most successful people I think in the industry today she's neck and neck with Harry Styles every week going back and forth one on for number one on the billboard charts about damn time is taking over the world her tv program is now winning Emmys and her clothing line is now selling millions and millions so I think what we can learn is that you can win at any size in today's world and I think Lizzo is proof of that about all of these projects that she's working on has to do with being plus size like songs on her album the show is about being plus size her giddy brand is for plus size women and i think that's so inspiring so if you think people don't want to hear your story because you're so used to being oppressed for being plus size and i get it i totally understand people do want to hear your story they love you they root for you and the people who are hating on you they're just trying to bring you down because they see your potential but people like Lizzo who love themselves so much don't let people get to them. And she can see that her story deserves to be heard and she can take up space and she can win and thrive being plus size, unlike what society has told her for so long. So take that Aries Spears, you ugly bitch troll rat cunt. If you don't know who, who Aries Spears is, he's the guy who said he hates Lizzo because she looks like mashed potatoes and should stop showing herself because come on, she's fat. He said that last week about her, and that's who she gave her VMA speech about when she yelled, big bitches winning, and uh, now back to this bitch who's got a lot to say about me in the press. Take that Aries Spears, who is also fat, who just hates himself and can't stand that Lizzo is winning and loving herself like he will never be able to. And, oh, wait until you hear this about Aries Spears. His life is going down motherfucking hill, as it should. So, I never even heard of Aries Spears before he said all that shit about Lizzo saying that she looks like the poop emoji. Now I'm hearing about Aries Spears again because he is being accused of grooming and molesting a child, but he's being accused of this alongside Tiffany Haddish. Now, I don't know if you've already seen the video that's circulating about those two on Twitter, but let me just explain. So last Tuesday, a 22 year old woman who didn't reveal her real identity. She's going by Jane Doe sued Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears on behalf of herself and a minor identified as John Doe, her younger brother, and alleged that they groomed the plaintiffs, leaving them traumatized for life. So John Doe said he was allegedly molested by Aries Spears in 2014 after Tiffany Haddish told him that he would be taping a sizzle reel for him for Nickelodeon at Aries Spears' house. That would basically help him get on Nickelodeon. And it was a sketch with Aries, Tiffany, and the boy, who was seven at the time. And it was going to be used as this great piece of video comedy to submit to Nickelodeon to get him a show. And he's going to be with these comedians who are kind of established at that time. And it could really be great for him. So that's what they told him that they were going to do. 
So that's what happened. John and Jane Doe, both really young, go to Aerie Spears' house, getting ready to film this amazing video, hoping to get on Nickelodeon. And once they're there, Aerie Spears and Tiffany Haddish say that they need to take John Doe up to the room upstairs by themselves to film this. And John said that once he got there, he had to strip to his underwear. And then they began to film the sketch. And the sketch was called, quotes, Through a Pedophile's Eyes. Yeah, that is the sketch that a grown 47-year-old Aries Spears was filming at the time. And it was for Funny or Die. It was revealed to be for Funny or Die. They told them it was going to be for a Nickelodeon reel, but they lied. It was just going to be used as content for them to probably try to up their careers. At the time, Tiffany Haddish wasn't the most famous then. So they filmed the video and Aries was the pedophile. And Tiffany played his... Tiffany played John's mom who left the house and left her son, John, with Aries, and Aries was going to babysit. But then when he was left alone with Aries, the the comedic part was that John was like in his underwear being this little seven-year-old boy playing with trucks. And Aries in the video was, he poked holes through a newspaper for his eyes to look at the child with little clothes on. And apparently that was supposed to be funny. And John said in a statement that Tiffany gave him a drink that made him sleepy and quotes, happy face candy. So basically gave him some kind of pill to make him loopy and go along with everything. So they didn't think it was weird or maybe not even remember it. And he said that they only paid them both $100. I saw the video online and what these two plaintiffs are saying is true. That's exactly what the sketch was. It seemed extremely sus. And it's not like this was forever ago. It was long ago. It was in summer 2014. But even then, why was a pedophile sketch supposed to be funny? Cancel culture was not a thing yet. So maybe the world of what was okay and what wasn't in comedy was different at the time. There were no huge lines crossed. No one was actually touched or molested in the video. You can find it online if you just go to Twitter and type in Tiffany and Aries video. But I like, I don't think any major, major line was crossed, but the fact that, that was used for comedy is not okay. And if the thing about the drink is true, giving a child that kind of drug that could definitely get Tiffany in some trouble. Um, Tiffany said on Instagram, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, because there's a lot going on and this is a legal case, there's very little that I can say right now, but Clearly, while this sketch was intended to be comedic, it wasn't funny at all. And I deeply regret having agreed to act in it. I really look forward to being able to share a lot more about this situation as soon as I can. Yeah, she said I shouldn't have agreed to act in it. Aries was definitely the main star of this sketch. Tiffany was just in it at the beginning. She wasn't in it while the child was undressed. Still, I think she is a little culpable for consenting to it. But Aries is a trash human being. We already knew that. And he is the one who I think could be in real legal trouble here. Um, Tiffany Haddish's lawyer said that she should basically be okay. They are saying that the claims against her are meritless. She didn't give him the drink. And she will not face any legal trouble with this. But Aries, on the other hand, we don't know how this is going to go for him. But about the boy in the video, I would be a little traumatized if I were him just because people stripped me down to my underwear and filmed me playing with some chucks for a pedophile video i definitely think that is worth noting and he should get some kind of reparation for that 
and I'm wishing Jane and John Doe all the healing and hoping that Aries and Tiffany have obviously not done anything like that ever since. Beyonce had a birthday yesterday, you guys. Can you believe the whole day went by and I didn't even know it was Beyonce's birthday? Who am I? That's like forgetting to read the Bible in the morning. I can't believe I didn't know. Anyway, she turned 41. I'd be listening to her album every second of the day and I didn't even know it was her birthday. I'm such a flop for that. She should sacrifice me to the Illuminati for that. Anyway... She didn't post anything for her birthday. She's the elusive Chanteuse. We knew she wasn't going to post anything. She was probably underground celebrating with the Illuminati. And I'm sure they had an amazing time sacrificing plenty of chickens. And her birthday cake was probably a live human that they ate the flesh off of. I'm kidding. I'm sure she's not in the Illuminati. I'm sure she doesn't hold that triangle symbol up at the end of her concerts (laughs) for some kind of symbol about the Illuminati. I'm sure it's for Jay-Z's label. Yeah. Anyway, I really do be addicted to the album. She put some kind of crack in that. Even when I'm not listening to it, I'm singing it in my head. It's been on my gym playlist just over and over and over again. And I know I play my music at a deafening volume. So all the old straight men in the gym probably hate my fucking guts and just want to hate cry me so bad because they, they just hear every word of it. But I don't care. That's how I get my life in the gym. The Half the fun of going to the gym is listening to my gay little music. That's half the fucking fun. So I'm going to keep blasting Renaissance in my ears. What are your guys' favorite songs in the album? Mine, upon first listen, was Cozy. That was one I was going back to the night that I first listened to over and over again. I'm still obsessed with it. It's still one of my favorites. But now that it's been about a month and I've gotten to marinate on this amazing piece of work Beyonce has put out, I think my favorite now is America Has a Problem or pure honey or even break my soul it's kind of like before the album came out i liked break my soul but then after the album came out i fully got it it was a fully realized song for me and i just loved it so much more it's almost like i wasn't ready for it before the album came out so break my soul america has a problem and pure honey are my favorite dm me your faves i really want to know and happy birthday beyonce anyway let's move on to someone who is the beyonce of his generation timothy chalamet (laughs) I'm kidding. Timothy Chalamet is opening up about these struggles of social media, but kind of in a really intense way. More intense than I think I've ever heard a young star open up about social media. He said in a press junket for his new movie, Bone, Skin and Bones or something. He said, to be young now and to be young whenever, I can only speak for my generation, is to be intensely judged. I can't imagine what it is to grow up without the onslaught of social media. And it was a relief to play characters who are wrestling with an internal dilemma absent the ability to go on Reddit or Twitter, Instagram or TikTok and figure out where they fit in. Without casting judgment on that, you can find your tribe there on social media. But I think it is tough to be alive now. 
I think societal collapse is in the air because of social media or it smells like it. And without being pretentious, that's why hopefully movies matter because that's the role of an artist to shine light on what is going on. Isn't that really intense? Uh, I think it's tough to be alive now. I think societal collapse is in the air. It smells like it. And without being pretentious, that's why hopefully these movies matter because that's the role of the artist, or so I'm told, is to, you know, shine a light on what's going on. All that just for a press junket, too. Meanwhile, Harry Styles is at the Don't Worry Darling press junket. He literally said, I like this movie. Or, no, he said, I like the movies because it just feels like a movie. The, the intention of the film is to be really entertaining and i think it's a really entertaining uh film i think it's you know my favorite thing about the movie is like it feels like a like a movie it feels like a real like you know go to the theater film movie that you know you, you kind of the reason why you go to watch something on the big screen i, I think harry is out there making no sense being a bimbo with his bald cap on or with his hairpiece on, just making literally no sense. Bloody hell. And Timothy Chalamet is out here saying society is collapsing. That's a bold-ass statement. And I can agree that social media makes people fight more online and makes more divisions and brings up a lot of problems. And people are really intense on there because they have the safety of being online. So it could be like all-out warfare on social media. Sometimes people are very bold. And I get that that could lead to some kind of societal issues and collapse or like civil war almost. So I do get what he's saying with that. And on top of him saying that it's hard to be an individual young person getting bullied. I totally agree that people being bullied online can lead them to depression and feel awful. And that could lead to even more societal collapse. But at the same time, he seems to just be shedding light on the horrible parts of social media and why growing up today is so tough. But I think social media is a gift to this generation as opposed to last generations. I feel like it's hard to be young whenever and it's really tough to grow up whenever. But I think social media has provided this brand new outlet, this almost like new dimension for kids to go to and escape to if being young and growing up in their specific town, their life is really hard for them. It can almost provide some relief and take away some pain from that and heal some people like imagine being gay in the 80s or the 60s with no social media and just everyone in your town hate crimes you all the time and says you're so awful for being gay and says you should go to hell and whatever they're all being millie bobby brown to you and you don't have social media to confide in and know that there's people like you waiting for their waiting for you out there in the world that would be almost even tougher than growing up today so i think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying but he's jumping over a lot of positive and i don't think we should completely knock the power of positivity that social media has in this world you just need to learn how to curate your social media diet to fit you if you are seeing a lot of fighting and damage being done on a certain part of the internet don't bring yourself there don't force yourself to consume it you can hit the block button you can block certain words you can unfollow people you can set your privacy settings and i don't think i know you can't completely stop yourself from being judged on social media by how you set your privacy settings but you can at least make it a more so pleasant place that wouldn't make it quotes tough to be alive 
every time you go on your phone. So I think what we can learn from this is you have to be the moderator of your own social media and control what you see and kind of put yourself on a social media diet, just like you want to eat healthy, good food. You want to consume healthy, good content on social media. So you don't get to a place like Timothy Chalamet is saying. And I think he's right at the same time. He just didn't really talk about the other side of the argument. He is speaking a lot of truth. And I get that it's also hard to avoid being in that situation. Social media is like the present day cigarette. It's bad for you, but you always keep doing it. You always go back to it, even though you know it's bad for you. And it can almost be like addicting seeing people's hate and reading it. It can just become a daily part of your life, but you have to get used to not allowing it to cross that line for you and setting a boundary. So thank you, Timothy Chalamet, for teaching us that and just keeping sexy and showing that sexy back on the red carpet, please. Anyway, let's move on to another scandalous man, Leonardo DiCaprio. So as we know, he be dumping hoes left and right as soon as he squeezes all the juice out of them when they get to 25, eh, rip. He plans their funerals immediately and drops them off at the nursing home. Never wants to see them again. He is disgusted by people who are over 25. And that's why he broke up with his last girlfriend, Camilla Maroon. I I don't know. Camilla Maroon 5. Let's just call her that. Camilla Maroon 5. He broke up with her. She's a model. And now, allegedly, he is with Gigi Hadid. And these rumors have been really getting stronger and stronger as the week goes by. A lot of sources, including E! News, have talked about that allegedly Leo and Gigi have hooked up a few times this summer. Ah! What? Apparently, they've known each other for a few years, and she's exactly the type of woman that he would go for. She's gorgeous and sexy, and she has a low-key personality. And that's really true. She is gorgeous and sexy, and she does have a low-key personality. I'd say Gigi is one of the most gorgeous women in the modeling industry and Zayn Malik is one of the most gorgeous men in the world. So the fact they had a child together, I wish I accidentally died right before they gave birth to that child. So I could have been reincarnated as that child, but I did not definitely not going to accidentally die right now because I don't want to be Trisha Paytas's baby, but I wish I was Zayn and Gigi's child. But the gag of this is that Lilo, not Lilo, Leo and Gigi have been spending a lot of time together, apparently. And allegedly, that's a known thing. But the gag is that she's 27. Oh, my God. It's like breaking the laws of physics here. Is Leo okay? Someone get Leo to the mother effing hospital. Leo, are you sure you want to be with her? She's 27. Apparently, he is willing to look past that, though, for all of her supermodel Victoria secret-esque life. I, I really can't see them together, though. I don't see them lasting very long. One, because Gigi's already passed his age limit. Two, Leo is a bachelor for life. He never wants to settle down. So I don't think this is going to go far at all. I think they're just having a cute little rendezvous like Leo does with all young celebrities. It's like a rite of passage in Hollywood. You have to get with Leonardo DiCaprio and let him paint you like one of his French girls at least once. So I'm sure that's happening with them right now. I wish like Zayn Malik would get jealous and fight Leonardo DiCaprio though. Wouldn't that be fun? We know Zayn is down to fight a bitch, even if it's Yolanda Hadid shoving her into a dresser and everything. So I, oh no, he's still on probation for that. 
Oh, fuck. He can't do that. Damn it. We don't need him in jail. I, I, w- I, I would bail him out. I would do anything to bail him out. But at the same time, he can't go to jail. He can't leave Kai like that. So anyway, good luck to Leo and Gigi. Gigi, girl, you're really breaking barriers here. Changing what women thought they could do at an older age. So good for you. Speaking of a woman breaking barriers, Black China. Did you see that she, Black China, made $20 million on OnlyFans this year? Yeah, $20 million just just shaking what the doctor gave her in front of her iPhone camera this year. Her BBL, her gorgeous fake titties and all. I mean, Black China really do look amazing. You can't take that away from her. She may be the kryptonite of the Kardashians and disgraced harder than any of the Kardashian men. But one thing Black China is going to do is get that back. What a great investment on her body, too. Whenever people get plastic surgery, I think it really works out for them. They, their lives really do go uphill. I don't know if that's a horrible message, but remember when she tried to sue the Kardashians for $100 million? Now, girl, you didn't even have to sue them and take all that time to go to court. She could just get it herself. She did not need to go through the trial with Chris and Kylie giving her dirty looks across the courtroom the whole time. And a jury of her peers telling her that the Kardashians didn't make her lose her reality show. A jury of her peers being women who are also baddies with BBLs, of course. But seriously, if I'm on trial and they put a bunch of ugly hobos on the jury, I'm going to be like, "Mm, this is a kangaroo court. Those are not my peers. Just as Black China should have if she did not get BBL baddies on hers. I feel like OnlyFans is making sex work a real career it's always been a real career it's always been a real career that's not what i'm saying but now it's giving people opportunity to become completely financially stable completely financially free where i feel as though in the past it was something you do if you're struggling but now a lot of normal people in normal financial situations are turning to it and i'm kind of here for it it's like sexual liberation kind of that kind of movement and it's destigmatizing the whole industry of sex work so i think it's really cool i get that people don't like when celebrities do it because they think you're already rich why are you taking away the business from people who are not so i understand that but black china is now the number one creator on OnlyFans. she's getting the most amount of money she's in the top 0.000001 percent so i'm sure she's going to be getting a lot of hate but Like Black China said, she doesn't care about who's mad. All she cares about is that cash. And that's what she lives by. And just between us squirrel friends, I did maybe subscribe to someone's OnlyFans last month. And it was worth it. It was truly worth it. That's all I'm going to say. Some people say it's weird if you subscribe to people's OnlyFans. I don't think it's weird at all. I feel like everyone does it. People are making billions of dollars. Well, not billions. In total, all the creators on OnlyFans are making, I think, over $4 billion in the last year. So clearly, everyone's doing it. And I don't know, maybe get on your OnlyFans life, girl. If things aren't working out, 
In the past, they would say you can always do real estate. Now they say you can always do OnlyFans. When someone tells you to not worry, that usually means that there's something to worry about, which was exactly the case for the new movie coming out, Don't Worry Darling, starring Harry Styles and Florence Plue, because there was so much drama leading up to this film, and it is finally out. It finally had its premiere, so let's just go through the drama. I know we spoke about this a little bit on last episode, but we finally got some conclusive answers at the premiere, and let's just wrap everything up. This may be the first movie ever where the behind-the-scenes drama is even better than the movie itself. It finally had its premiere in Italy, and before you see it, because I think you should, just to be a part of this history, let's talk about the drama. So, the first thing is that Florence Plue, the lead of the whole movie, she was in Midsommar, she's an icon, she was notably not promoting it at all on her social media, or going to any promotional events, or even talking about it for the whole last year while other people were talking about it, like Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. And you would think that the lead star would do that. Like, imagine Jennifer Lawrence not promoting The Hunger Games. That would be insane. And she hasn't been going to any hype press events for it. She didn't go to CinemaCon or ever speak about the movie. And she gave the excuse that she's been working on the Dune sequel, so there was no time in her schedule. But you would think that since Warner Brothers is making both Don't Worry Darling and Dune, that they would give time to the star of one of the movies to promote it so they could make money from the film. But apparently that was just not the case. More tea on the film is that Florence apparently didn't like Olivia Wilde, who is the director of the film, and Harry Styles' new girlfriend. This was her big directorial debut. So like RuPaul says, good luck, don't fuck it up. But apparently she fucked it up very bad because her lead star did not like her. It was always reported throughout the filming of this movie that actually kind of due to Harry Styles that Florence Plew didn't like her because she wasn't a fan of, quote, the director disappearing so often with her leading man. Ah! So apparently Florence thought Olivia was unprofessional for running off with Harry during the making of this film that is so fucking tea florence is really calling them out she said can you stop hooking up or trying to make a movie and that really is unprofessional if they were both doing that no shade to harry but why would she do that another huge drama for the movie that kind of connects to that is that jason sudeikis who's olivia wilde's recent ex they just went through a really bad breakup he While she was on stage at CinemaCon promoting the movie in April, he went on stage or he had someone go on stage and hand her custody papers in front of a live audience in public. As if that was the only time he could do it. He handed her custody papers in front of the whole world. That is the most Hollywood way to give someone custody papers. He not only wants to break up with her and does not like her, he wants to embarrass this woman down to the core that is some intense shit that is a that is i think the pettiest move of the year 
Let's just say, let's just say it like it is. That is the pettiest move of the year, Jason Sudeikis. It's always a man who's the pettiest. Think of the most petty person you know. It's a man, isn't it? It's Jason Sudeikis. He handed her those custody papers, and it was rumored that Olivia's relationship with Harry Styles kind of overlapped with Jason Sudeikis a little bit. Like, maybe her and Jason were not completely over. You know, like they said they're over, but you know you're not really over. Or maybe they were trying to work it out again, and rumors are that she was not completely done with Jason, and she was getting with Harry! More rumors are that Florence is really close to Jason Sudeikis and their friends, and that's another reason why Florence did not like Olivia. So that was a whole huge drama that got on Twitter that, of course, got the Harry Styles fans. What are the Harry Styles fans called? The Stylers? Is that what it is? They should be called the Rabid Potsters because apparently the Harry fans didn't like Olivia. So a significant portion of his fan base not approving of Harry's new girlfriend as if they have to go through them like they are his mother. They weren't approving of Olivia, so they were sending them so much hate on Twitter and spreading bad press for the movie and telling each other not to watch the movie and just whipping up social media trending topics about her basically trying to damage this film that she was making. So the Harry Styles fans are against her. I've kind of seen them being mad about who Harry chose to be his girlfriend. I'm a very passionate fan of some people, so I get kind of upset when my faves are with someone that I don't really approve of. So I'm not going to completely hate on the Harry Styles fans here. I love the passion. Go for it. You know, drag her, sis. More drama about the film was that Shia LaBeouf was lied about in front of the whole world. He was lied on. Olivia Wilde told the world that he was fired because of his aggressive attitude. But that was a lie. He was the original lead of the film. But apparently, Olivia had to fire him because she said, quote, I say this as someone who is such an admirer of his work, but his process was just not conducive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. So she tried to sound all righteous and holy, saying, oh, he, he was just bringing the bad energy to set and I want to protect everyone that I work with. But apparently, that was a lie. Because Shia exposed her when he leaked the email that he sent to her that said, you and I both know the reason for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find the time to rehearse. I know that you are beginning your press run for Don't Worry Darling and that the news of my firing is attractive clickbait as I'm still persona non grata and may remain as such for the rest of my life. But speaking of my daughter, I often think about the news article she will read when she is literate. And though I owe... And will owe for the rest of my life. I only owe for my actions. He really sat down and eloquently typed that like a missive. He really sent a boiling hot missive to her. And let the whole world see it. Like Chanel did in Scream Queens. And then he exposed her with a video that she sent to him. Basically saying that he was fired or he quit because of the tension he had with Florence Plu. I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. And... I too am heartbroken and I want to figure this out and you know I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me with us if she really commits if she really puts her her mind and heart into it at this point and if you guys can make peace and I respect your point of view I respect hers but if you guys can do it what do you think is there hope is there hope Will you let me know in that video, she seemed really condescending to Florence, calling her Miss Flo. 
<laughs> That's a horrible nickname for her. And trying to make it seem like it was her fault for him getting fired, not taking responsibility for just not giving people enough time to rehearse, like Shia said the reason was. And this apparently made Florence hate Olivia even more because Florence's stylist posted a picture of Florence on her Instagram and the caption was, quotes, Miss Flo. Like sending shade to Olivia Wilde for calling her Miss Flo. And now that the premiere is finally happening, Florence is only going to the screening or she only went to the screening. She did not go to the press conference and she will not go to anything else. She's only doing one event for this and it was the screening of the first time it was being premiered. So she's relieving herself of all responsibility. She wants nothing to do with it. Clearly wants nothing to do with the cast and with Olivia. And it's very awkward. So people were kind of hoping to get some of the answers of all this tea that was boiling up. You know, we want the answers. We want the tea. Give it to us, Olivia. That's what we've been waiting for. So at the press conference, journalists were asking Olivia questions like, where's Florence? What was going on with you and Florence? And she was shutting down all of it. She had her moderator say, we don't want to talk about that. That's been answered. We're not going to speak on that. She did talk about Florence once. And she said, Florence is a force. We are so grateful that she is able to make it tonight despite being in production for Dune. I know as a director how disruptive it is to lose an actor for even a day. I can't say enough how honored I am to have her as our lead. As for all the endless tabloid gossip and noise out there, the internet feeds itself. I don't feel the need to contribute. I think it's sufficiently well nourished. So while Olivia said that the reason that Florence was not there was because she was filming Dune, Florence was literally paparazzi at the same moment Olivia was saying that, just walking around Venice, Italy, living her life and just avoiding going to the press conference because she wants nothing to do with it. That's fucking hilarious. She's so unbothered. She doesn't even care if the paparazzi sees her. She's throwing so much shade at Olivia by letting herself be photographed. So I think what everyone is saying about Olivia Wilde and all these rumors seem to be true. Almost everyone on the cast, Shia literally quit. Florence does not like her. Seem to be not a fan of Miss Olivia. So it seems like she was exposed for being a liar, a potential cheater, a hater, and just a bad director. But all of that would have been worth it if the film was great because then it had great press and great promotion by all just all this drama online, all this free press. And if it had a great film you know if the film was great itself that could have been a perfect storm it could have been the movie of the year won an oscar but guess what the film got terrible reviews horrible reviews after 19 reviews submitted by critics on rotten tomatoes it got a 39 percent out of 100 oh no that is so bad and Basically, all outlets are saying that it's trash, saying that it will not be a contender for the Oscars, saying that it was a misfire dystopian movie, that it was ill-conceived and just terrible. And all the press about it is just making this movie look even worse. So there's a double negative going on, bad film, bad press. And I feel like this may be the end for Miss Olivia Wilde. I think her work was reviewed bad. She's Her reputation is in the dirt. She needs to go and have her whole reputation error right now if she wants to rebirth herself. She needs to prove everyone wrong. If she gets another opportunity, hopefully she can work with the team really well next time and just get the job done without drama next time because I think that was tainting the set of the film and probably made the movie even worse. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that toxic work environments are 
very bad and should never be tolerated. Toxic work environments are going to then create bad work and create a horrible finished product that you are now giving to your consumers. In this case, a movie. But regardless of where you work, if you have a bad work environment, um, it's not going to be conducive to any form of success and it should be immediately fixed, immediately replaced. It should never have gotten as bad as it did on Don't Worry Darling. And wherever you work, you should try to be a part of making your work environment good, making it peaceful, making it efficient and conducive to a lot of success. And I think that also comes down to having a good leader. And with everyone shitting on Olivia Wilde, it seems like she was not a good leader. So whatever situation you're in, or especially if you are the leader, it's a very important job with a lot of responsibility, but it's very important because with all that responsibility, it can make or break it. And you need to be a good leader for your work team and make everyone feel appreciated and happy and excited to be there because all of that will make success and a bad environment will do the opposite. Well, thank you guys for joining me on Pop Culture Universe at Tea today. I hope you had a fun time listening. I really liked all the tea today and loved talking about it. I hope you got some cute little life lesson nuggets that made you feel inspired or literally anything. I hope you guys are having a good week and taking control of your mentality, not letting that shit slip because you are in control of your thoughts, not letting them get negative, not letting yourself get yourself for a lack of better words, keeping your peace, keeping your happiness, maintaining your flow. I hope that is what's going on for you this week. Did you guys also see that Harry Styles kissed a man at the premiere of that movie? Harry, if you're gay, just say that. (laughs) Just say that. He will not say he's gay, though. Mm -mm. He also spit on Chris Pine, which is downright more sexual than kissing. I mean, if I had to pick, if I had to, like, choose kiss or get spit on by Harry Styles, spit on me. Aggressively, disrespectfully spit on me, please. But anyways, I will leave it there. I will see you guys on Friday. Make sure to like this podcast, rate this podcast, Five Star Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Take a screenshot of you listening to it, post it into your Instagram story and tag me. I would appreciate it so much. Tuesday, Friday, do not forget that. I have gotten a mock-up of what the merch could possibly be and i did like it but i made some alterations to it so just know that is in the making and i think they're gonna be so cute i hope you like the idea that i went for i think it was a little risky but i think it's literally so cute and i would wear it out of the house so i'm very excited for you to potentially get your hands on it very soon and yeah slay the rest of the week babes and i will see you on friday bye love you thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.